coffee and a little bit of conversation. close enough but yeah hello everyone welcome to conversations and coffee podcast episode number 62 with the main man colin colin Bourne, also known as serpico ninja also known as shinobi vlog and also known as conor mcgregor's swan your from the mcgregor fast program if you haven't tuned into the podcast for episode number 50 you'll be able to learn a little bit more about colin's journey to how he got to where he is um, and a little bit about his background, how he got himself to Portugal. But we have Colin here now in the flesh. Good Thank you very you. much. Thank in you. COVID time, second Yeah, minutes. yeah. So um, he's here and we're going to do a, another podcast, but just a more in-depth conversation about maybe how COVID has affected Colin, how COVID has affected Conor McGregor and how the two of them have come together again. And finally, after 11 years, got their uh, first Conor McGregor full camp in Lagos. So... Colin, we'll kickstart off anyway with maybe how you're keeping. How are you keeping in the first place? Fantastic. Yeah? I'm alive. Good. So you're not really taking it at a negative angle. On which? Like with COVID anyway. Most people are down and feeling dreary about it. We're in different spots. I see where I'm at. I, I'm, I'm living in a cave writing my book. And I'm, I'm not aware of what's going on here. And then when I got off the plane, I was kind of shocked to say the least. Of the last time I was here, we were in just going into lockdown. I nearly didn't get on the plane to get out of here. They stopped me at the at the boarding area. And um, the last time I was here, we no one wore masks anywhere. Whereas in Portugal, from the get go, they've been wearing masks. I kind of at the start, I kind of I thought I'd get away without wearing it, but it's just become this, the norm. So where I'm at in Lagos, it's you wear a mask going into a supermarket, you wear a mask going into a restaurant, you sit down, you take it off, have a coffee, take it off. Um, but that's it. I mean, there's no one wearing them in the streets. The elderly people are. But I'm not aware of the bombardment of, uh, one, the news, because it's in Portuguese. I don't watch it. I've been watching Sky News. I deleted Facebook and Instagram for a few months, twice in, in the last year. And I found that I kind of wasn't prepared for the, the general conversation here, which was... Um, yeah, it just caught me off guard how much it is and, and, and how much everything's based on numbers and, and scoring and this type of thing. So, but I'm still shaking hands. Mm. It's like we were talking off camera, like every day we're hearing 1,300 cases, two deaths. Like we're honing in on the cases and not honing in on the deaths. You know, we're looking at it from when you hear 1,300, you think, whoa, that's a lot of cases. And of course, that is, that's a big deal because those 1,300 could be 100 potential deaths. But we're looking at it from larger numbers that actually mightn't really be as important as the obviously the worst outcome, which is death. I think when you're here in England, like 3,500, 5,000, 6,000. But like you said, when you actually look into the amount of deaths they've had since the beginning of this whole thing, it's very minute compared to... Yeah, 150,000 cases. When, when my lack of medical knowledge, but, you know, someone that's been, like everybody else, listened to to what's been said. And there was there was two 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 camps, really. There was Sky News and, and BBC, um, we're all going to die. And then there was the conspiracy theorists. 
which were the whole thing's just a conspiracy. 5G? 5G, seagulls dead on the beach, that type of stuff, right? And then I came across, there was like, I, I didn't want to make a decision on anything while you're in the chaos. You know, it's hard to, when you're in the madness, it's very hard to figure out what's really going on. So I, I'm trying to be open-minded and see what's going on. I found the thing called Talk Radio on YouTube. It's um, a news station that used to broadcast on, on digital radio. And now they have a YouTube channel. And they have a minister from the British government on every day. And they just talk about facts. It's it's what real journalism should be, as in finding out what the truth is, more so than looking for tidbits and, and sensationalism and um, gossip, which I find the news has gotten to be now. It's just like gossip more so than, than factual information. And from, from that, I found that um, my, you know, my brain puts it together as, you know, it's, it's a type of cold or flu. And colds or flu, if I, if I know about colds and flu, it's, just, it's the same cold and flu every year. It goes from east to west, and every year it comes around. It kind of changes it a little bit every year. Mm. And by the time it, your body recognizes it every year, and you probably get a, a flu every five years when your body doesn't recognize it. Mm. This would be my understanding of it. Same with the, the, the COVID-19. By the time it's come back around for this year, it's slightly changed. So it'll be mm. COVID-20, and then the next year it'll be COVID-21 and 22, and... And we were back into you know lockdowns and, and six months and and at some stage, um, at some stage you got to realise what what the other damage is, what the collateral damage is from from a lockdown, and from what I see here, it's winter, it's miserable weather, people are down a little bit, um, and people are going to lose their jobs, and the ones that did survive the first one, that were clinging on, maybe you know borrowing a little bit more just to pay the mortgage, just to keep the business open. I think if we go into another lockdown, every another six months, and I think we'll be into um, a depression, not 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 a not a recession. Yeah, um, I agree with you there. Plus, also there's other other cases of people that are undiagnosed. From say, for instance, uh, you had a lump somewhere, um, and you need to get it tested. You went to your doctor; he referred you. That's been knocked back, knocked back, knocked back. So you're going to get a lot of people that are undiagnosed with with, with illnesses that could have been fixed. Um, through early intervention rather than people with full-blown illnesses and diseases afterwards so at some stage we have to have a grown-up conversation about our granny dying and 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 you know that's life you know everyone dies no one gets out alive and i think the way the way it's going now it can be one of two things badly managed or there's something else in the background so i just think it's badly managed um i think it's you know, stay safe, keep everyone safe. I mean, from what? Like from death. I mean, it's it's coming. You just don't know when. But I think. Um, did Did they ever tell you about that book, Hagakuru? No. The way the samurai. It's a samurai book, small little book, great book. And the, one of the first lines is in in situations of life and death, I always choose death. And I used to ponder about that, thinking like, what what's that mean? Like a situation of life and death, choose death. Do you? What do you kill yourself? It's not. It's if you accept that you're already dead, you will live a hundred percent. But if you hang on to life, you'd be worried about dying, and you'll never live. And um, with this, um, I'll, I'll put my immune system up against it any day. Um, I study Chinese medicine, and one of the best take-homes I got from Chinese medicine is a healthy person cannot get sick. How can you? Mm, no disease no flu no nothing can your stop your immune system will fight mm. it so naturally sick people get sick or you get into an accident and that's that for me makes sense 
So that has not been, bad luck. It's not bad luck. You were unhealthy. And we all go through phases of being unhealthy, having unhealthy thoughts, having unhealthy food, having unhealthy lifestyles. And then we get sick, it stops us. Or we overtrain or we do other things. But for me, I think it's a case of... Um, there hasn't been much talk about staying healthy. Like closing gyms, keeping everyone indoors, um, making... Not even closing gyms, but the restrictions are so much that it, it's it's a different thing. It's like, for instance, if if I was doing like say jujitsu, and um, the, the biggest part of the business is kids and new people. There's always that big pool of new people, and they come and go, and you get that trickle that goes on through through the belts and becomes a black belt. But the majority of them are just this big pool. Now I know what the end game is. I know what say jujitsu or MMA is, and I, I understand where I'm going and how I need to get better. But if I was new to the game, the last thing I want to be doing at 40 is putting on a white key, a white belt, getting in my car in Crumlin and driving. I'd be mortified, if you know what I mean, and not being able to change and get back in again. And that would put me off because it's a different product. We're not doing the same thing. Mm. And I can't see what the end game is. But for me, who understands the game, I, I, I wouldn't mind doing that because right? I'm not embarrassed by putting on a, a belt and a, and a key and getting into a car. You know, and I'm used to it. Mm-hmm. Whereas even when I started cycling at Forest, I remember putting on Lycra Forest and looking out the door to see if there was anybody there. It was like 15 and crumbling, you know, because of the abuse you'd get from mm. wearing Lycra. Mm. You know, that kind mm. of way. No, no one gives a shit. But for me, it's a case of um, there should be a little bit more on keeping people healthy rather than... Um, keeping them trapped indoors. Yeah, it's not a good thing, you know. Mm. Plus the weather doesn't help. I mean, where I am, it's sunny. So it, I can just get out and go for a bike a ride on my bike. Um, they have a a lockdown in place from 11 p.m. after the lockdown, but mm-hmm. they don't enforce it. They enforce themselves because they come from a dictatorship and 1972 was, was the end of the dictatorship. So you've got generations of used to being told what to do and they just comply, they just do it. The other thing is with the, um, with the lockdown, it implements a state of emergency. So that means the laws are changed. So, for instance, like here, what, we're level five now. So if you get stopped at going somewhere, like leaving the county, you can say you're going to work and they'll, you know, and or they'll advise you to go back. But I don't think it has anything in law to state that you can't. It's not, you're not breaking the law. Whereas in, in a state of emergency, you, you do what you're told. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the only reason they have that employed in, in, in Portugal. But yeah. I, 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 I can't, I don't see the, um, I don't see a quick exit i don't see um the vaccine being the solution um seeing what's going to happen is you 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 know you can you can do whatever you want but if you want to do this you must have this right so um same like they went complete draconian in australia i don't know if you were noticing that okay yeah riot police hitting guys with no masks on and like crazy shit and they give people money like they do here what 350 a week or something is that what it is it was yeah it was right so um, they were giving people money, but if you don't get the the, the vaccine, you don't get any money. Straight away. away. Now, where I am, there's no money. Crazy. So I, I walked back, um, I was back a week, and there was 250 families that couldn't feed their kids. Um, and there was a guy um, that owns a restaurant in Hamish. He owns a place called The Green Room. And he'd closed his restaurant, kind of bar restaurant, and he set up this charity, and he got all the chefs that weren't working and he went around to all the places that were producing food because there was tons of food but no tourists, right? I watched this video. Did you watch it? So I, I, said, I met stuff. him in the car park. I said, mm. listen, um, let me make a video. And he didn't know 
the impact that would have. Mm-hmm. I said, look, it'll just get out there and people are needed because he didn't know what he was doing, mm-hmm. if you know what I mean, because mm-hmm. he doesn't know anything about charities. We made it, hung around for a day, we made this little uh, video and everyone that needed to see it saw it, it got shared all over the town. Mm-hmm. I loved that, it was nice. It was like a short film. Yeah, a short film, hang out with him. For, mm-hmm. he, he didn't really understand what it was. If you know what I mean, he was doing it for the good of what it was. He was just giving his part of his skill was the the. We didn't understand the power of media Mm. or the power of of making a little short film and something Mm. and and trying to get across um, what he's trying to do, and hopefully spread motivation for other people to do that. Well, the logistics. So, for instance, all the people that weren't doing anything because no one at the time was doing it it was a full lockdown, and people that have skills, um, said, "Look, I I've got the skills in order to get the food off the." the supermarkets that are throwing her out mm-hmm. let me negotiate that for you and then all these people that came that had the different skills came in together and all of a sudden um everyone got fed mm-hmm. just like that good just like that real quick i like how you captured it though and i think people need to know that too that you know you do many things to be honest you, you do actually many many things i wear many hats right? yeah you do you know um but i think your vlogging was how i found out about you um was obviously it, yeah? yeah obviously you know you would have been on Lee Hammond's social media. Uh, mm. My grandmother lived on Lee Hammond's road. Um, I work with his mom and know his dad real well from the football over the years. So then I would have seen you hanging out with him and then Lee introduced me to like Keen and all that that kind of crew. But I didn't, th- I was like, who's this guy? You know, because your name was Serpico Ninja. So I was kind of nearly thinking like, he's a ninja, like, you know? Do you know what that name's from? No, I don't actually. So Ser- Serpico is a, is a, a movie with Al Pacino from the I know series. that, yeah. And he was this good cop yeah. in this bad precinct. And uh, I did Ninja 2. So I'm a tour down Black Belt in Ninja 2 um, with Brian McCarthy. And it was kind of the first martial art that I, proper martial art that I got into. Um, it was before MMA kind of started popping on the scene. And it was just a really, really hard martial art with a lot of beatings. Um, and it was exactly what I needed at the time. Brian was a great mentor to me at the time when I needed somebody just to tell me what to do. Um, and it was brilliant. He also ran a security company and he ran the door in Murphy's Laughter Lounge, we're talking about. Max Savage there earlier, right? So I would have known him from back then. And he asked me, would I work on the door? And I'm, I'm not a big dude. And um, sometimes you need to be afraid of the smaller dudes, though. Like, it depends on the that, skills they've got and yeah, the my, weapons in their arsenal. In my head, I was always small because I was a small kid in school. Mm. So, in my head, I always had that image. It's like, you know, anorexics have this image of them being fat, but they're really skinny. And I used to have this image of myself being small. And at the start of martial arts, a lot of people start because they want to learn how to fight. You know what I mean? Mm. So, it's more like fear gets you there rather than what it becomes afterwards. Mm. Um, so, he asked me to do the door. And um, one night there was a, a Christmas party on. And Christmas is the worst time to work in... That trade? It is because you get the wrong people going out with the wrong people. There's an order to things on a weekend. Everyone's out for their, a, a particular reason. Everyone plays a role on a Friday and Saturday. And Friday's a different night to Saturday. Friday, you're always going to be fighting. Saturday's the best night. Sunday more chill. Sunday's more chill. People, I just don't want to go home. But Friday is... work on Monday. Yeah, see, Friday brings the work with you because you haven't settled. So if you had a bad week, you're going to bring that with you Friday. Saturday, you know, you've gone into town shop and you've had a coffee, you've met your friends. You're in good humor. You've gone out to to dance, right? Mm. So it's a different night. I used to dress differently. I used to dress to fight on a Friday and dress 
to party on. What was there like rubber gloves? Or sorry, yeah, leather, leather gloves. gloves in combats, there. but on on a on a on a Saturday, where my best suit, white short, black tie, and and make it make an occasion. Make it, you know, mm. make an occasion. But classy, yeah. Yeah, because that's what we're looking for, and it kind of just mm. it, it passes. You nearly attract on. that kind of thing, yeah. Yeah. So this um, Christmas week, you get um, people that don't generally go out are out with people that do generally go out. Now, the guy that goes out has a role that he plays. It's like Saturday Night Fever. The guy, it's one of my favorite movies of all time. It's about a guy, John Travolta. He works in a paint shop, fucking, you know, making paint for fuck all. God in the nightclub. The moves and he just changes the role. He, he owns the place, right? Whereas I found with with a lot of stuff, people bring the role out with them. So, for instance, on a normal Saturday night, the guy goes out with his normal Saturday attitude, and um, but when he goes out with his work colleagues, he falls into the role of what he is in work. In work, he could be the boy, but on Saturday night, he's the man. If you know what I mean, mm. and that kind of um, relationship in a, in a nightclub relationship just ends up in disaster and um, you're always going to have problems do you think the Serpico was like nearly like the black sheep of the thing is that what you no, mean no what happened was was there was this uh, group you know work office group in and um, their wives were with them and stuff like that and then there was two boys in the cubicle in the cubicle to, in the cubicle together Brian asked me to jump because you could jump over and opened the lock so i jumped over opened the lock and you could look down the two boys were doing cocaine off the back of the, the table and um yeah it's all over their face it's in their hands everywhere you know so there there's was, your reason to kick them out well yeah but here's the other thing he was with his wife she didn't know that he did coke right he's a 35 40 year old man with a wife and kids and you know she doesn't know he does it she just thinks he's john that works in you know in the office and um, I could have thrown him out. She would have found out what was going on. But I said to him, look, um, here's what we're going to do. You've got to go in and say, Devin, you know, don't feel too well. I'm going to go home. I'm going to give you five minutes. Take your wife and go home. That's the there's end. your options. There's your options. Or we could just fuck you out. So he took that in the heartbeat. Yeah. Because he didn't lose face, so I didn't lose face. If you know what I mean. Mm, nice style of it. And then after that, because I didn't need to. No, you didn't then, mean to humiliate him. And no, make it, you know, it's already, it was his he's hidden secret. He's already fucked up, Insecurities right? so, there, yeah. um, um, And you got to do it fast before the coke kicks in. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of my lessons. Is, <laughs> if you stay around, walk, you know, talking for 15 minutes with him, he's just going to turn into a fucking, you're going to, you know, you're going to be fighting, right? So we had to do it fast, right? So I gave him the five minutes and then he left and that was it. And then after that, Brian called me Serpico. And then the ninja thing was just, Good cop, I like it. Yeah. Because yeah, in an interview room, there's always a good cop and a bad cop. They usually play roles, don't yeah, they? Yeah. And you sure. need someone like you that'd be like, look, if you give us this, you give be us friends, that, you. you walk right out of here. Yeah, be friends, yeah. Uh, moving back to Portugal then. So you've lived there for many years now. Shinobi Academy was the name of the gym. And now it's it's more the McGregor Fast gym now. Am I right in saying yeah, that? Yeah, it's, it's because that's the way we're going. Like So for instance, it's more Connor's gym now. Um, we just spent two months there getting ready for the fight. Mm -hmm. and, it's, and what did it feel like having him over there for that period of time? I know you're quite close to him, but I mean, that's a long time to have in his company every day. Well, I'm, I'm full-time when I'm on the road for the last couple of years. Yeah. So I'm with him all the time. Yeah. So everywhere he goes, I'm pretty much there. That's so. what a swan your is, essentially. Well, that's that's my role. So like, there's not too many people spend as much time with him as, as I do. But it's, it's, not an, it's not just the training, it's also just the sometimes having a word or having a conversation or... what do you think he's seen in you I know after Diaz won but I mean 
I love your company. I spoke to you on Zoom for nearly two hours and, and I really enjoyed it. And I, I kind of, I'm not just saying this because you're sitting in front of me now, but I left that Zoom chat. And then for about a week, I was in, even two weeks, I was in really good form after right. that because good conversation brings good energy. But I think when I meet you now in person, I can see why he has you around all the time. But I mean, what do you think attracted him to you to pick you for that role? It's a big role. Um, I'm not asking you to answer in an yeah, egotistical way, yeah. like as in like be big headed, but like... I've, you understand everyone, people. Everyone's looking for something. Yeah. Everyone's looking for something. You know. And at, at that end of things, it's very, very hard to trust people because everyone's coming with you telling you how to do stuff. But they don't know what the what the problem is in the first place. They see a problem or they listen to someone saying what the problem is or they watch TV. and they, Like, for instance, I come back from a fight and people tell me what he was doing wrong or doing right or whatever. But you weren't even there. Why don't you just ask me? And you get this 99%. No one ever says to me, hey, what was going on? You know, not that I ever say, but people presume they know what the problem is and then they come up with this great solution. Um, but with him, it's what are you looking for? Like, what, what do you want? When someone, when someone comes to you, they always want something. What do you, what, like, what do you want? And, and I want, one, I want to see him be what his destiny is and that that for me is he's that one in a generation dude that's a one in a generation dude he just has it whatever that is and it like my generation would have been Muhammad Ali um, there's and not going to be another McGregor like there's not going to be there that will be guy. in the next generation right in there a will lifetime. be yeah whereas, whereas he's a guy and, and here's the thing what, what you're seeing is, is, is for your entertainment his journey being played out and it's it's it goes mm, up, mm. it crashes. But here's the critical bit. It's how he gets up or doesn't. And and with, with like all of them are the same. Muhammad Ali was the same. They all had a rise and they all had a crash. If you look at Floyd Mayweather, he never he never lost, but no one really kind of likes him, if you know what I mean. There's never been the crash. Yeah, he's had a few problems with... He with, plays with, that role where he's like, he's not meant to be liked, but he's victorious, like... Yeah, but no one wants to see that. No. Because they want because everyone's had troubles. Or they want to see the Tyson Fury. They want to yeah. see the Mike Tyson. They want to see the hero's journey. They know? do, you're right. And, and mm. the thing about him is, like, he's he went from nothing to something, had a bit of a foot fall, went out in the world, see what it was all about, crashed a little bit, and then all of a sudden, he found who he was again. I think there's the element as well from me watching his journey. I met him outside the Black Forge, which obviously everybody knows now, only down the road is an absolute work of art but when I met him outside there and he had a dicky bow on slacks and he was dressed quite quite clean and classy people didn't understand him and they didn't think you know he had the beard and they didn't know what this guy was and then he was on the late late and then he evolved then to going over to fight in the UFC for the third time and then he had a fight here what I found was I think because he was brand new out of the box like he'd never been like we, he was brand new like we've seen an Ali we've seen that type of image we've seen the Mike Tysons and the other people that came before him but I think what McGregor was we didn't see a guy from Crumlin ever do something like him like he'd no training he had no uh, manual given to him like this is how you have to do this you're going to be on such a media event you're going to be on such a talk show you're going to be doing such a video um, and then you're going to jump in the ring or the octagon so boxing MMA whatever it is like there was no training there he'd done that all literally I think he deserves credit in the sense that he just rode the wave and, and done a really good job of it for, for quite some time is it Savant? 
Yeah. I mean, that's his thing. Like, he can, like, say, what do you want? Uh, and and here's, you'll find this with friends of yours. There's people you're attracted to. And the reason why you're attracted to them is because they have something you want. Like, I like the way he does that. I want to learn how he does that. And obviously, with friendship, there's always a give and take. They see something in you. That's what makes friendship. So that's what makes connection. You have something they want and you have something that they want and it, and it returns backwards and forwards. And with him, he's able to hit a switch in front of 20,000 people on any given day at any given time in his jocks and, and show up. I don't know how he does that. Hmm. It, 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 it's, an, it's an amazing skill to be able to do. Plus his wit, his belief in himself. Um, he, he just, he's just in a unique cat and he's, he's, he's a lot of different characters that come out in different roles he's not just one dimensional character he's a very multifaceted character that in itself is an unbelievable skill yeah it's just, it's just the way he is like I say he's just and I knew from the, the time I met him I, like, I met him I met him when he started um, you talk going back to the Iceland days or before, before that like okay. before that like I met him I met him when he walked in um, the gym first into John's gym um, and then he started teaching the boxing class on a Tuesday because we didn't have a striking class we had a striking cl- we had a striking day I used to do Roddy's striking class did you? yeah but I remember Paddy Hulhan fighting and I remember this guy who jumped out of the cage and jumped into all his mates but then I knew all his mates because I lived right. in Drimnet and I remember being like who's that guy yeah. and then I'm, I'm not even joking about six to eight months later then because I think did he jump out when he knocked out Dave? Um, That's right. You know when he when he got the double. Uh, Dave Hill was it? Yeah, Dave yeah. Hill when he was the the first his first uh, double champ. But everyone was like, "Who's that guy?" And then yeah. he blew up essentially. Yeah. Then you know, yeah. obviously Dana got 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 word of him, and I think the whole thing with Trinity College, I think there was yeah. an event or something. But um, like you're saying there, with when you first met him, when I was in that gym, I did see him. I was in his company a couple of times, but to me, he was just a normal guy and. He still is a normal guy, but but now he's this superstar. But I, th- I think also like I'm just a little bit older, so I've I've seen the versions. Not and... him, but I've seen I've I've done different things. So like I used to ride a bike, I used to work in nightclubs, I used to work in um, Odessa, I used to, which was a private members club. I used to work in residence, which was a private members club. So anyone who was ever in town that was famous used to go there, and then you'll meet someone who's like a famous actor or a famous singer or anything. <coughs> You walk in the room and they just don't really have. I, think, I remember one time I met Enrico Iglesias and this is like, Jesus. he's very dull. <laughs> Whereas you see him on the TV, he's very, you know, he comes across. Mm, but, mm. And, but then every now and then you walk into a room and there's one person in that room and they just own the room. And, and that's that little, je ne sais quoi, that little kind of X factor that very, very rarely comes across. Even when you meet famous actors. It's like, like, what's an actor really like? It's a dude mm. that kind of pretends to be somebody else and memorizes lines. But when you meet them, it's it's not the the character that you you fell in love with that was in some pulp fiction or whatever. Should never meet your idols or your role models. I think you, know you should. Thing, yeah. No, I think you should because then you realize how good you are. That's the other thing about this. Grounds, you mean? Well, you've been brought up a Paddy Catholic Tony. You're, you're you, you know stay in your lane, so on, dip your hat, and you know get a job right and pay your mortgage and do it and that's what you've been conditioned to do but when you what this gig really done for me apart from the experience of of of, of 
the fighting game is the other game that's going on in the background it's all the other ingredients that make up the game like meeting like top guys in, at the top of their field and realizing that you're as good as any of them but you you always put them up here but then when you get up there and you let in the room that you never usually get into you realize fucking like i'm as good as this i can do this and the reason why they got there is because they said yeah can you do that? Yeah, fucking yeah, I can do it. And then they go, sure, I can't do it. Well, you know, figure it out later. But when you when opportunity knocks and I wasn't ready, you attack me wrong, when all that happens, you're never going to get anywhere in life because you, you're just going to fall back into that default that you already thought you that you were. But the reality of it is, is everyone's got doubts, everyone's got fears, everyone's got like um, issues. And that being said, there are people that are egotistical and think they're the best thing ever since life spread. But on a skill set of, of people, um, when you meet people who are top of the food chain, they, most of them just lagged it or made it up until they could get to the stage where you had to get through a gatekeeper and a bunch of other gatekeepers to get to them to realize what they're like. If you know what I mean, you can't just ring Dana White. You can ring me, but you can't just ring Dana White, you know what I mean? And 100%, yeah, 100%. So, um, and, all those guys who are at the top of their thing, you've got to get through the gatekeeper in order to get to them. And you very rarely do get to them. But they've hired people along the way to fill in the gaps. They might be brilliant at one thing and then just hire to fill in the spaces. Whereas you assume that they're brilliant at everything. Do you think when you say like you've been conditioned to stay in the one lane thing, like a good kind of way, analogy to kind of picture for people is... So you're going down the motorway and you're in that one lane and you're at a nice pace and then the opportunity to indicate off into another exit comes about. No, I'm going to stay carrying on. That's the fear and that's the problem. People don't take that exit. They don't indicate and, and move out. Uh, they just kind of, no, I'm, I'm happy here. I'm comfortable here. Comfortable. But yeah. what does that exit bring? Who knows? You know? Well, the, the biggest thing I'd say about um, uh, the COVID era because it's going to be an, I think it's going to be like an era is the stay safe logo and I would say the opposite I'd comfort say, zone is it versus it, take a chance take a chance take a what chance. will it bring start yeah. that business start that well, hobby well if you look at like I was working well what age was I now I was working it was like 1920 I was working from Dawkins I used to cycle up well seven miles every day from Crumman um, I was spraying furniture and um, Julian, the doc, I'd been on skiing with him in France for two weeks, and he was going to a place called Guadeloupe. And um, I didn't even know where Guadeloupe was, but I asked him, would he ask if, if I could get a ride on the team? And I got a handwritten letter in pencil from him. This is pre-internet, right? Um, that said, like, if you pay for your flight, they'll look after you when you get here. I, said, I, found, I actually found the letter recently, and I went up to work that day and or the next day and said look I'm, I'm, I'm grid A and I had uh, 800 pounds to my name and I went into Dawson Street into a travel agent and I bought a ticket to Guadeloupe and I didn't even know where it was for 720 quid and uh, you invested nearly all you had everything you uh, yeah, had 60 quid left after I paid for everything in my pocket and I got on a plane to France changed um, planes and got on it on a plane to Guadeloupe and that was pretty much um, that changed my life because otherwise if I hadn't done that I would have gone out with some girl from Crumlin 
going to series, going to Baron John's bar, met some board like all the other guys I hung around with did, got married, bought a house crumbling, had a few kids, dropped into the grandmother and grandparents, and that would have been it. And that would, that's grand, having a few points still there talking in the same bar. But am I right in saying that's the lane then? That's the... See, it's not for everybody. That's the normal one, and that's what yeah. you're supposed to do. That was the one you were conditioned, and there's nothing wrong with that, no, but it's just... Happy, yeah. That was someone's comfort zone. So yeah. that that was someone's dream was to just meet that woman, have those kids, yeah. get that house, be close and yeah. around the relatives yeah. in case anything goes wrong. Whereas you went to Guadeloupe, you went to Portugal, you opened a gym. Yeah. You know, it was destiny essentially that Connor fought Diaz and it went the way it did, and then you were introduced and essentially now you're probably you and, and the doc are probably closer to Connor than any of us affiliated team because of how important you are in his role like when he says on Tony Robbins like he looks at you know uh, LeBron James and mm. how much LeBron James invests into his health from his annual uh, salary versus what Connor was investing and I love the way and you can clearly see it like when he went on the, the parry match interview over in Russia and he was talking about drinking water at, like room temperature and all these things like how, how the cold water the ice cold water uses the energy in the body right. I'm looking and I'm like where is he getting this info of course we know where he's getting the yeah. info from the guys in the background the well, likes of you and Julian and you know the, the ones like the Tristans and those people that are essentially the cog in the wheel well you see you, you need a confidant do you know what I mean but like it's, it's not for me to be standing on the shoulders of other people shouting about it mm. like I, I I don't need everyone to know what I do mm. I don't need I don't need fame I don't need assurance from people that I, I never heard of mm. telling me I'm great I, like I know I know what I am I'm comfortable in my own skin mm. I don't need new friends you know I have a job to do but it's it's not just a job it's it's like for him it's a it's a it's a heavy it's a heavy cross to bear what he does it's not about fighting it's not about fighting. It's about the platform. It's about the influence that you have. It's about there's kids out there in wheelchairs that believe they can walk because of him. That's 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 a that's a heavy burden. Like the amount of people that will get in touch with you saying their kids are dying of cancer, can you send them a message? That's a heavy that's a heavy burden to carry. But at the end of the day, when the fighting's over, the good that he, he can do due to his platform. That's why I say it's not about the fighting. It's about that's part of the journey. But the journey for him is is he can change the world for the better. And and that's a lot to take on. Because it's a big place and it's a lot of responsibility. So I don't like the winning and losing is, is just part of the thing. It's it's not really the the main thing. The main thing is that you know who you are and you accept who you are and you're happy in your skin not even happy in your skin you're what would be the word content higher, higher frequency than that you know you love being in your skin love I like that yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. You're, you, you know not pride pride's a low frequency you don't want to be proud you want to just love that you're in it it's, I like it's, that. A, it's a higher way of thinking rather than you know pride is one of the seven deadly sins it's a low frequency yeah state of mind like happiness it's a transient thing i don't want to be happy i want to be joyful joyful is a state of mind it's a it's a it's a place you can be for a long time happy i can be happy for five seconds and then start crying 
You know what I mean? It's not a, it's not a, I used to say, what do I want to, what do you want to be in life? I want to be happy. And then I thought about that for a while. And, Cause you'll change as life goes on and where you are and you know, how you see the world. But then I want to be fearless because if you've, if you're fearless, then you'll do things, then you'll be happy. So it's chasing this happiness. And then I, I, I realize, um, um, joy is is a much chase joy not even chase it but be joyful you know be, mm. like wake up in the morning and rejoice that you're alive instead mm-hmm. of i'm not really a morning person um i understand that but i don't get it like the fact that you're alive i, I do a lot of stargazing I, I go out and do time lapses of the oh, yeah. stars and and you look up and you see how like fragile we actually are in our own there's a little blimp you know what i mean and um the fact that people take themselves so seriously that they, they don't realize that it's it's finite you're not going to live forever it's a transient little bit of thing and if you can have a little bit of a fe- an effect on the few people around you that you can leave it a better place than i love that yeah anything. but also you're two generations away from being forgotten if you have kids your grandkids probably ain't going to know you too much great kid, grandkids ain't going to fucking care about you Whereas the thing about Connor is he can be immortal. The legacy, because people throw around, around the thing legacy, legacy. But look, if you look at Muhammad Ali, Muhammad Ali's not even famous for fighting, really. He's just famous for being a fantastic An human being. Yeah. And he was flawed. He was very flawed. He wasn't like perfect. And we, we shouldn't look for perfect. Changed millions of lives. Yeah. And when, when he's human. You're not, you're not perfect, you know? And if you look for perfect, you'll always find imperfection. I think that's what's key with Connor is that he defied the odds, like from being a plumber and, and being an apprentice to going and doing what he done. And then when he wins his first fight and says, you know, I have to go and tell the labor to. Yeah. So that's like yeah, clearly showing should. those people that are on the labor and yeah. those people like that are living that life that, you know, feels indefinite and feels like it's forever. Well, no, hang on a minute. Like a couple of months ago, he was on it. Like when he drives around in in an expensive sports car around Crumlin, like why can't that be me or Joe or Stephen down the road? Like it, the the chances of it happening are quite slim. But it was Connor at one point. We were Connor, and Connor was just an average Joe, and he put his mind to something. That's more than that, though. But you think he's one in a million? Yeah. Right. More, more well, than that. Yeah. I think I think a lot of people will say like talent doesn't exist or. Um, those yeah like you hard know. work beats talent but at the same time like you know you, you can't just get up and work hard you gotta be like um like you'll see people like say for instance slag off lance armstrong or um these type of guys that were on drugs and cheated or whatever um but like the reality of it is not everyone can do what the best does in fact the reason why he is the best is because no nobody else can do that and it's one of those things where you got into a game that was um price point so there's a lot of money for being the best as and they, they were the rewards of 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 um of the game but eventually um you'll move on from that eventually like how many pairs of shoes can you own eventually how many cars can you own eventually you'll go beyond um material goods because at the end of the day, it's not really about that either. But at the start, it's all kind of new. So you're going to like gain it in. 
but eventually it's down to what this actually is and it's it's who you are and what you can do um for the world more so than what you can obtain for yourself mm. because at the end of the day you'll end up with skip anyways materialistic yeah yeah mm. you know so i agree but at the start it's you know especially if you sport when i was a kid i sport to have a nice car and a nice house but now i don't now i sport to just go for a walk on the beach with my shoes off you know what I mean? And mm. Switch off my phone. How that perspective changes and then yeah. wants change. Yeah, yeah. And at the time, like I'd see someone with a fancy watch, I'm like, wow, that's a fancy, oh, that's a nice car and, and, and want the car. But in the process of, of, of trying to get those things, um, you should figure out what your purpose is. Does does that want for that watch or that car or that house create a joyful uh, environment? No. Do you know what I mean? No, it doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah. It, yeah. Because like, you'll, you can see it like if you go into the Gucci shop and you see the people in the Gucci shop buying the stuff that doesn't have any price tags on it they're not like delighted I remember like being as a kid saving up money to buy a jacket you know in Duns or something getting it and just like being ecstatic about getting it you mm. know um, it's like when you go back to like because I grew up in flats and I have lots of friends I grew up in flats like you know birthday Christmas Easter those key days in your in, in the year and then like communions and confirmations yeah. you were showered with stuff then so you'd get like you know you get a couple yeah. of presents you get some nice clothes some runners but then between that then there was just money. the norm yeah but then I've like I've family members that have a lot of money yeah. and at Christmas when you tell them that you got new clothes and runners they say why yeah and they wear runners that they have for years and you know they're extremely wealthy versus people that essentially wouldn't get those things whenever they want without even asking just going in and just swiping that credit card and then you know the playstation 5 is there you know what it comes down to no value you value yeah well that's why i love how you say it for the yeah. jacket and you get that yeah. euphoric value. feeling yeah. value in it but it doesn't have to be a thing right yeah it can be just meeting some for a coffee yeah yeah it's what you do know. you value yeah and at the end of the day you know goods are ephemeral they just like that jacket that I saved up to get that I loved I don't know what happened to it if you know what I mean mm. because and the reason why I don't know what happened to it are those shoes that you see the photograph oh, I remember them shoes and you know, it took me ages to get mm. them shoes it's because you've moved on from them and, and you've found something that's of more value than something that's made in Taiwan mm. mm-hmm. do you know what I mean yeah could be a, a person it could be a new hobby it could be whatever that drives you that gets you out of bed you know that evolves over time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think for me as well, I think um, you gotta. I think you gotta reinvent yourself every ten years, um, or find out why you you started doing what you did in the first place. So, for instance, if you were doing podcasts, right? So in ten years' time, you're still doing the podcast, but it looks nothing like the podcast you're doing now. In ten years' time, because it just evolves on, mm. and that's what keeps the love for it. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think not remaining static. Yeah, because eventually you'll 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 just get bored and move on. Yeah, yeah well, I never use the name word bored either. Like you'll mm. never say I'm bored because there's so much to do, right? Mm. Um, I might take a couple of days off and do nothing, like Christmas Day and Stephen's Day. Just turn off my phone and just have two days myself because mm. I haven't had a day to myself for for a while and you kind of need that too I like, I like being on my own a lot uh, and throughout the day you know an hour here and now there just kind of often so how does it feel after a lengthy camp I'm done I, I just give it everything like the last one I went to the party and I stayed there for about got dressed up 
um, David August maybe a like tailor made too. I look sharp. I had these black and white shoes, and I've actually seen a photo of you. Yeah, you I look sharp. You know, like Matthew nobody don't really say that. I look sharp. It was like it was a good look, you know, and uh, just walked into the place and I stayed about a half an hour. Energy just wasn't for you. I just don't have it. Mm. Like I, I kind of like you give everything you can in order to get him to do his magic, and he does it, and I'm I'm finished. Well, I can relate to that so much on a much smaller scale. Obviously, that's that's huge. The, the scale you were on is much bigger than mine. But like, I got my name got put forward for a strictly come dancing event in St no James's Hospital. Right. Um, back in two thousand and fifteen, and I was like, I don't really want to do this. And my dad yeah. was like, just give it a bash. I done it. I won it. Long story short, yeah, it was brilliant. The CEO. Do? I done um, a ballroom and Latin dance, right. but I done that Ed Sheer and thinking right. out loud music right. video essentially. Right. Um, nowhere near as good as that, but the CEO and clearly more from Fair City and all were judges, so it was very good. But all my friends are waiting for me in Hush Nightclub in the Red Kill, right? And I went straight home. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. I couldn't go into the nightclub, I was on too much of a high that yeah. going in there, drinking, being around that atmosphere, and that catching up on people that are already drunk, it would have just drained me and sucked me that energy. So I went home, and I think I yeah. set up about five in the morning with, with so much energy. So yeah. I know what you mean about yeah. like I couldn't even go into the nightclub because I knew if I went in my whole mood would have changed but um yeah i won't keep you too much longer anyway i mean uh you know you're going to dubai very soon uh you'll be over there for the for the main event yeah um what's the feelings like coming up to that now what's the last few weeks like now well see everything is is measured mm. before it wasn't um and that was probably one of the biggest flaws it's mma is a new sport everyone does what everyone does and at the time so it's kind of gone full circle because after the diaz one fight when Connor lost that big loss, got in touch. Got in, I got in touch with the doc. We lab tested and brought him down to Portugal, and then we thought it was just going to be for a week. And then he said, "Let's keep it going." And we went to Iceland, went to the States, went to England, and then we've just been on the road the whole time since. But what's what we have is measurable um, stats like rest and heart rate, power output, VO two max, anaerobic threshold. These things are measurable now, skill wise his skill level has got better. The cardio enables him to be able to do the, the skill longer because, say for instance, if I put you on a, a rower and you did three one-minute max efforts and then they get you to do a sobriety test, you know, inside the row, put you on another one, you won't be able to do it because your coordination's gone. That's why when people get tired, you look all, all over the gaff. Um, so what we train for is him to recover between efforts because at the end of the day, MMA is a five-minute effort with sub efforts inside of it. So it can start off super fast, like bah, and then you've got to pull it back because you can't go at that pace for five minutes. Plus the event now is all these fights are five rounds, not three rounds. So it's a different event. It's like a 800 meter and a 5,000 meter runner. So it's a different event. And over the few years that we've been working together, we've changed the engine into this finely tuned engine where he's he's got the ability to go fast, come back, go fast, come back and have the coordination to do skills because at the end of the day he doesn't need I mean, his, his his ability to read space and time is it's only when you're in there with him and i had the pleasure of sparring him the first week they came over to, to portugal because we we're one odd out and ended up being a, it was meant to be schooling that turned into sparring were you surprised no because i've sparred him over the years but it's kind of it's the cleanness of it it's beautiful um it's just to be 
have the honor to share a mat with a guy who's that good and spar him like a lot of people run from it I, 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 in a heartbeat and there's some people that are like that i just like i just want to feel what, i just want to feel it that's you know what i mean you never <laughs> people would sprint from that yeah but and, and they do and so-called fighters do but it's a case of like you're in the presence of greatness and, and i don't say that kind of um without the greatest respect for the word but you are to be the ability to to measure distance and time and under pressure when someone's thrown back at you and to be precise and clean with the shots it, it's it's beautiful you know? sharpest i ever seen him was eddie alvarez but then he, yeah. he, he completely outdone himself with cowboy cowboy was scary with that kickback was nearly a statement in itself with like yeah. oh you want to throw one at me well then take one of these because everyone thought the way cowboy was going to defeat mcgregor if any way was a head kick he just yeah. came back with that and i think i think Poirier is going to be Think, but I even mean, the shoulder. Yeah. I mean, he broke the shoulder shot. The shoulder, the like, noise like, of them. He hits the shoulder, and then he does nothing. So he does it again. He does nothing. And he do it again. He hit him. You know, and broke his nose. Yeah, and then it was that that enabled, you know, cowboy through a head kick, and then to return with the same, and catch the guy with his thing. But then I think there's a lot to be learned with how he's evolved as a person he's won many a times, and with, with Jose after it immediately saying, "We'll go again. We'll go mm. again," and Jose was crushed. Uh, that was obviously within 30 seconds but I mean when he when he defeated Cowboy him, really. it's, it's what he done then yeah. it's it's not about jumping up on the side of the cage or going running to the team it's, he got down you know he done what he done but then he immediately ran over and like you know fighting's over now we're two men I respect you as a father I mean he showed his true colours then and I think that was when people seeing the layers come off and this is the true Connor because in that feeling when he's on such a high all that camp, all that build up, that tension, boom, it's over. Then he is his true self. It's the return of the prodigal son. Yeah. You know, you gotta lose impressive. yourself in order to find yourself. And he lost himself, but he found himself back mm. again. And and from then on we've been working. So what you're gonna see this one is a more refined mm. version um of of the last incarnation. I mean that guy that showed up for the for the cowboy fight, he'll be anyone at one fifty five or one seven. Unbelievable. Any of them. That was frightening, and how big yeah. he was compared to his previous. But he's not; he's the same. But but even he looks, uh, he carries himself well. It's 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 weird looking at him now, jacked yeah. because he's the same weight. Yeah, but it, it's weird. Like how yeah. can you how you can say he's gonna weigh in at one hundred fifty five pounds, but look nearly one eighty. He just looks that he way because himself. he's unbelievable. He carries in, in himself his, well, yeah. and that's the thing. People like I used to always have my head down from. Yeah, because you're crumbling, you keep your head down looking on the ground or whatever, you know, and, and that becomes your posture. You see a lot of guys yeah. from the little hunch on their back and always at that. And then I started like, carrying myself. If yeah. you look at it, he carries, he carries himself well. Mm. And that gives out an energy to people that they pick up on of confidence. Mm. And you'll attract the same back. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I'm excited to see what happens because here's, here's the, like I say, you're getting to see a life play out in front of you for your entertainment. But it's the ideal life. It's the hero's journey. It's the, the rise, the fall, and the rise back up again. The falls are more important than the rise, you have to in get my it. opinion. And yeah. you got to ride off into the sunset, you know? And that's the way it should be. What's your thoughts before we finish up then with, you know, we get by Poirier, and then what, what's going on? That belt's back on his, his waist, yeah? It should be for the belt. Um, but it doesn't matter about belts anymore. Mm. I'm, 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 like, he'll do the top five, all of them. Back to back to back. Mm. In this type of capacity with no fans, like the Dubai shows. There was meant to be fans. Now I hear that there's not. How do you feel Connor will, will be impacted with no fans? Would it make much of a difference? Mm, not really, because we spar with no fans. 
True. Now, the spars are fights, right? Mm. I don't, they start off as spars, but they tend to be fights because um, he's a finisher. And that's, he just can't help looking for the finish. I mean, that's, that's, just, that's just his MO. But I, it's not going to make any difference. If, if nothing else, I think it'll be scarier being in there when there's no fans because all you've got is him in front of you. And it's a great photograph. Um, oh, good, great! That's a great way of looking at it, actually. Yeah, if anything, there's comfort you, in the crowd. Them, yeah, there's comfort in the crowd. You feel like you're not on your own. It's like when you're dying and someone holding your hand, mm. or just dying on the street. Uh, same thing, but different, right? Mm. Whereas it's a photograph of cowboy, and Connor's after kicking him in the head, and he's standing there wobbly. I'll send it to you. And look at cowboy's eyes at what he's looking at. He's just standing there doing nothing. Look at his eyes and you can see what, what's standing in front of him. And that's the problem. With the crowd, you're going to miss a little bit of that. But if you're just there and, and, and that's coming at you and you're hurt and you've no way out and there's four mm. minutes to go, then comes the darkness. Well, um, great chatting to you face-to-face. Um, I wish you the best Likewise. of luck over in Dubai. Um, don't need I luck. Hope, you don't need luck. You don't need luck. Um, <laughs> I hope you enjoy it. I hope you, you soak it all up to the best you can. I mean, it's a different type of uh, week and a different type of journey. You won't be probably smothered with the media like you always are. You'll probably get to enjoy it a bit better and actually, you know, I suppose be present as much because, you know, with the Mayweather, I hear people that had Keith on and I've had other friends of his on and they always say, when I look back at that, I think, wow, you know, because it was so crammed and it was all happening at a thousand miles an hour. But, um, yeah, look, I wish Connor the best of luck. Um I hope you enjoy it and maybe when you come back we'll have another catch up and have another Why chat. Not? I think I could do a hundred podcasts with you because there's never enough time to capture the I'll real have, I'll have more time. Like now we're gonna go training. So yeah. Um, we're we're on a, we're still on a tight schedule. So mm. we get out of here Saturday, get the training today and Mm-hmm. Move on. but you're a storyteller so I think that that's why the podcast will always have a place for you to come on and, and tell stories. That. But um yeah, everybody head over to the Instagram uh, channels. Uh, we've got Colin's channel, we've got the McGregor Fast channel, we've got the you know the the various um platforms oh, that kind of operate. The app is coming out, so should be able to share that. Yeah. So the app, the fast app is here. But the way to keep up to date with all these things is just follow those various pages, and they'll all be linked below. Now you can you can get them right here. Um. Yeah, and, and make sure you all tune in then. And uh, I have to cut that part. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of them. <laughs> one of them. Uh, close enough. But yeah, thanks everybody for tuning in, and I uh, hope you all stay well and safe. Cheers. Coffee and a little bit of conversation.